How's it going, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of Bitcoin Magazine Live. This is episode 38, and we've got a packed episode today. Starting off with an interview, Casey Carrillo of Bitcoin Magazine is going to be interviewing Texas Slim of the Beef Initiative. Casey, if you want to take it away. Yes. Uh, Before we begin, everyone, I want to see you in Miami, April 6th through the 9th at the conference. I want to shake your hands. I want to invite you to meet the plebs in person. So uh, I'd be you know, excited to see you all there. Get your uh, tickets. I believe we have a discount code, YTMAG. Can use that, get a little, little percentage off. And uh, yeah, I mean, it'd be great to see y'all there. But uh, without further ado, I have an excellent guest today. So much interesting things to talk about. But welcome to the show, Mr. Beef Initiative, Texas Slim. Hey, Casey, how are you doing today? Thanks for having me on, man. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Absolutely. Uh, ever since you, you gave us that article, I was you know looking, looking to do something more with it, maybe get some more word out. So, I mean... Before we jump into the to the you know focus of the article and such, why don't you just uh, introduce yourself? Tell us how you got into Bitcoin and uh, just sort of your Bitcoiner story. Sure, I mean it, it's kind of interesting how I got into Bitcoin because it it basically helped launch me looking deeper into the food apparatus that we know. I come from Texas. I've many generations. Uh, my ancestors were all agricultural ranching. And so I've, I've always been around food a lot, but what I never really did was dive deep into the intelligence of how our food is basically grown anymore, how it is processed and how it's delivered in the market access of our nutrition. So I got, I'm a <laughs> pretty rough and tumble guy. I got uh, kind of beat up about two years ago. I had some physical stuff. I didn't get beat up, but I just got hurt. So I was laid up for a while and um, I started looking into Bitcoin. I'd seen it, you know, we get into it when we deserve. I got into it late, but as I was laid up, I was getting into Bitcoin, but I was also diving deeper into the food because I was having to watch what I was eating. I was like, hey, let's, let's revisit food. And it just took me down a rabbit hole that was symbiotic with each other. And so I'm a big researcher and an uh, analyst. That's what I come from. I learned a lot of skills in Austin. And uh, most of my adult life was in Austin working in startup companies. So I started leveraging my intelligence that I kind of gained as far as the skill set. And I, I embedded myself in a harvest company this past year, and I started meeting people. I started researching the companies that were providing the products as far as the pesticides, the herbicides, the grain that we, um, that we grow. And it just led me down a rabbit hole into further into Bitcoin, the further I got into food. I was using the decentralized mindset, the ethos that we all strive for. And I started writing about it. And then here we are today. And a lot of things have transpired since I did that. Absolutely. I mean, getting knocked down and and getting back up with Bitcoin, you can't beat that really. But uh, it was was a godsend, you know, being on my back for six months. You know, what are you going to do? You're going to low time preference to survival, to education, to knowledge. And so it was it was it was a gift. That's an excellent mindset to definitely uh, to, to getting knocked down. Let's, uh, let's talk about the Beef Initiative, which is your project. And mm-hmm. can you just tell us what it is, why it's important? Well, whenever I did the Harvest of Deception, you know, we bring up seed oils, we bring out all the poison that we're eating and consuming as people and civilians in the United States. I wanted to create a solution because you never go into something and parrot the problem you know, daily forever. Well, if you're going to complain about something, you're going to identify an issue, you better have a a solution that you can present to people. So being from Texas and knowing Texas history and around pure animal protein and the cow itself, I said, well, let's, let's create something called the beef initiative where we're going to get back to local, local communities, hyper-localization and leveraging everything we can in a decentralized way. Well, that was a cattle industry in the state of Texas from day one, and you can do a lot of uh, comparisons. So I said, well, let's get the beef initiative going. Let's go talk to ranchers and educate them about Bitcoin because they've already been living a decentralized life. That's what they know. 
So let's bring the um, the philosophy of Bitcoin into it. Let's bring that protocol into the conversation. Let's bring that new store of value that they don't understand. And by educating the ranchers into Bitcoin, the ranchers are educating us on what pure animal protein is again. And so we're looking at the protocols that they use to basically raise their animal protein as far as, you know, if it's regenerative, if it's what are the, what products are they using, what types of style of ranching or grass farming that they're doing. And we bring that into the conversation and all, we all try to get to a better way of sourcing our pure animal protein. And so it's evolving and it's evolving very fast because we're discovering things about our food industry as far as market access, who controls the market access of our nutrition, who has the processing capabilities to process our food, be it animal protein or if it be the grains. We don't know a lot of this stuff and it's, it's covered up in ways that, you know, people trust because our food industry has become a big marketing plan and that's all it is i call it a global marketing plan because it, there is an effort to basically keep us as far as you know you know civilians citizens of the united states in the dark of what true food is and it uncovers a lot of lies so we're educating the public what food intelligence is again i tell people to look at their grandparents and see how they ate or their great grandparents because they ate in a very different way from us and you look at our, the history of the united states right now 78 percent of us are either obese or overweight one out of two of us is either diabetic or pre-diabetic um 46 of kids between 5 and 11 are now obese or overweight that's an issue and people aren't really looking at like how is this happening well, we're going to break it down and we're going to give you a solution. And therefore, we're going to let you be able to source your animal protein in a way that mm, the people don't see coming. It's going to be decentralized. We're going to take out the centralization of our food supplies. And we're basically striving to become the new beef industry in the United States. And we're going to do it with the Bitcoin you know, protocol. Absolutely. So sort of taking the idealistic uh, decentralization of Bitcoin and then applying it to ranchers. I am curious, you mentioned that a sort of like symbiotic relationship of knowledge between Bitcoiners and ranchers. And I think a lot of Bitcoiners could envision how Bitcoin could help ranchers. Can you describe like how ranchers could help impact the Bitcoin community and, and some of the practices they could teach us? Well, if you look at ranching from the day one, you know, they're based on community. They're based on different forms of communication. They know manipulation of markets, of commodity markets, of futures markets, of grain prices, everything that they have to battle every day. I tell people, you get a, you get a fourth generational rancher that's battled the last 40 years and what he's seen as far as trying to be able to be a productive rancher in his community, he knows some things that Bitcoiners don't understand. So that rancher is going to say, this is really the truth about our food supply, you know, and you, you're going to understand this Bitcoiner because you're not seeing this aspect of the food supply that is highly captured. And it's something that you're not even aware of. But now that you're bringing this Bitcoin store of value, whatever we want to call Bitcoin, everybody calls it something different. Well, you're teaching me something I've already known, but now I get to take it to a, do, a new level. You're sending me down a rabbit hole. I'm going to send you down a rabbit hole with food. You're going to send me down a rabbit hole of Bitcoin. And they do. They work hand in hand. Once you start seeing that correlation of our food in the centralized aspect of the industrial food complex, and we look at the money supply and the Fed and the central banking system and how it is corrupt on a centralized level, it's all the same. If you're talking money, you better be talking food. If you're not, then you're missing something here. And it has to be symbiotic. And the rancher and the Bitcoiner can actually bring that clarity to a lot of people's understanding. I mean, uh, yeah, like the parallels between the problems with the centralization of the money system and the food system seem very related. They seem almost the exact same thing, just in different iterations. So, sure. uh, you know, Bitcoin like you said, is sort of like this, the latest technical technological iteration of the decentralization that's been in practice in ranching for a long time. Um, but uh, moving on, I guess one question I would ask is what's the most important thing for people to understand about our food supply today? 
<laughs> our, like I said before, our food supply is not, it has nothing to do with nutritional value. That is the last thought that we come to as far as the corporations that are designing our food systems and processing our food. You know, once again, it is a marketing plan. It has no basis of truth anymore. You look at how they're basically pushing the fake meat products now that they are. We look at where is the motivation coming from? Well, they're trying to basically outlaw the cow. They're making a carbon hazard. And so by the manipulation of what food truly is, and as far as what pure animal protein can do for our nation and our, our body, this is how we got here. We didn't get here with processed food. We got here, our strength lied, laid, and you know, is, is the foundational truth that our strength as a nation came from animal protein. You cannot contest that fact. And so what we do as far as, you know, bringing that education to everybody, it's something that if you understand the manipulation and the marketing plan, what the food industry is about and how, how highly subsidized our food industry is, then you're going to start seeing that there's a lot of cracks in the labeling, in the education of what food really is, as far as calling something organic, using uh, grass-fed as a label. Well, those labels are, to this point, are manipulated in ways people do not understand. They don't understand that there's a thousand chemicals this year that's going to be added to the food supply. The FDA won a lawsuit in October of 2021, and basically it's under the grass rule. That's something called generally recognized as safe. If the FDA says that basically it is safe, they can put that chemical in your food supply. They don't have to tell you what that chemical is. And so why are they introducing a thousand new chemicals into our food supply? this next year. Now you look at our food, we can't pronounce the names of those uh, on the labels anymore. Nobody can. Nobody understands what they're consuming anymore. When you look at what are, the, what are those chemicals? Those are fake commodities that we are basically being, in, are being forced to ingest through our food supply system. Where do those chemical companies come from? Well, they come from companies like Bayer, Monsanto, Cargill, the people that are manipulating our seed into a genetically mod modified organism. Well, now they're not even gonna start using genetically modified organism, GMO, that it's gonna be bioengineered. And people don't understand that. What is bioengineering? Well, let's introduce nanoparticles. Let's introduce all these kind of new chemicals that you are going to be ingesting. A lot of those new chemicals and particles that we're going to be ingesting is now going to be the new fake protein delivery that they're trying to orchestrate and engineer for people to understand that, hey, this is better than the cow. It's an orchestrated effort. They're coming after our food supply in ways that people don't understand. Look at the health of our nation. Look what just happened in, in, in the United States in the last two years. Our health is compromised. And so well, let's, let's, let's look at why. Well, it's because our food supply is compromised because our value has our dollar has lost its value, especially since 1971, we went off the gold standard. Once we went off the gold standard, our dollar was devalued. Our food supply was devalued. Why do we have, you know, the type, if you look at pictures from 1970 to 2022 of our nation as a whole, you can find unlimited representation of how unhealthy we have become as a nation. Why is that happening? Well, it's because of our consumption model and it's an industrial food complex that is designed to basically make food a marketing plan with low nutritional value. It all comes back to the cheapening of the money, right? So the incentives sure. get misaligned and, and then we end up with an industry where, like you said, we, built this country off of animal protein, but if you incentivize cheaper and cheaper food, animal protein comes unsustainable. One thing I wanted to, to bring up though, a common misconception is that we might just be talking about processed food. Can you talk about how this is a bit more systemic and it comes from something like as, base, uh, as fundamentally basic as the soil, which would affect every part of our food chain, not just something that's processed, right? Mm -hmm. Well, starting with the soil, I always say we got to get to the source of the seed. You know, the source of the seed is the issue. Well, the source of the seed usually takes growth within that soil. And throughout the, especially the last 50 something years since 1971, 
we went to something called monocropping and what we did monocropping eric butts was part of the nixon administration and he said hey we're going to go big or go home. What did that mean? He goes, well, you're going to go fence to fence now. And that's whenever we introduce pesticides, herbicides, genetically modified seeds into our food system. Well, what did that mean? It meant that the farmer, he couldn't do four to five crops anymore. He was going to go fence to fence with one crop. And he was going to use this type of uh, pesticide or herbicide to grow that, that food. Well, those chemicals throughout the 50 years, and we this is a whole different podcast. <laughs> you know, you go from the chemical company that designed Agent Orange during Vietnam is the same chemical company that designed Roundup that we've been using the last 50 years. And so as we've killed our basically metabolical health, we've killed our soil too. And a lot of people don't understand what soil is. They just say it's dirt. But as far as our soil is concerned the chemical companies that have been growing our food for the last 50 years have destroyed the soil in a way that a lot of people do not understand we don't have a lot of sustainable soil that we can use anymore that's whenever we look at soils like how can we regrow our soil and that's when the regenerative conversation comes in then we're saying this is what we really need to be looking at we don't need to be looking at this centralized form of monocropping pesticide herbicide type of um, system that has gotten us here but the same people that are starting to try to control the regenerative aspect of our soil are the same ones that destroyed the soil in the first place that's why they're taking animal protein out of it they're saying we can build all your food in these labs we can do stem cell uh, growth of animal protein we can have the fake meat products that are done with soy and uh, pea protein which is basically poisonous to in my eyes and a lot of scientists believe this as well you know there's there's so many things that we're not talking about but it does start with how do we rebuild our soil as a nation right and i mean i think we can even reframe like the environmentalist perspective right from going Mm -hmm. like we need to reduce uh carbon emissions to we need to take care of our soil right like that is our environment and the environment is what produces our food for us of course i mean that's how you you know the the carbon problem that they're trying to orchestrate as far as you know everything's moving to a carbon credit economy a lot of people you know they they don't understand what that means well it means you're going to be a bad citizen if you eat beef you know, and they're going to say, oh, that cow, he's a carbon hazard. So, you know, as far as, you know, saving the planet and, you know, everybody that's a lot of idealistic people are thinking that they're, they're pointing their compass in the wrong direction. And how we save the planet is getting cow land tools back on our soil and our grass and let them basically regrow our soil and let's get this carbon problem, you know, under control with the land tools that got us here from the very beginning, from the bison, just how our great grasslands in the United States, how they were formulated and protected for thousands of years was because of the land tools that were on them. And that was the bison. Right. I think, you know, nowadays we have a problem of trying to modernize every problem that we have, right? Trying to take some advanced technology and address the issue when a lot of the times the answer lies in the past and what we used to do and how humans have taken care of the earth for thousands of years prior to all this technology. Well, we get too smart for our own good. You know, (laughs) my grandfather was the smartest man I, you know, that I'll ever meet. And most of everybody that is listening to this could probably look over their shoulder and say, that's the smartest person I ever knew. I just didn't realize it. So let's look back at them. Let's, let's leverage what they knew because they really, you know, I always tell my grandmother and grandfather, they had a party line system in which they communicated. They decentralized their whole life. They fed their community. They fed their neighbors and their neighbors fed them. That's what all, you know, everybody talks about in the Bitcoin world. There's so much that we can learn if we look back over our shoulders and said, that's where the intelligence was. Let's leverage that historical value of how they got to where they were able to let us evolve to where we are now. Let's quit trying to be so modern day smart because, you know, this is a small problem. If you look at the history of, you know, humans and, you know, just in the nation, uh, United States, 50 years is a very small 
you know, a, a grain of sand in the time of space that, you know, we've been consuming and, and evolved. So what was the last 50 years? That's all we really have to look at. We don't have to get any more crazy than that. And it's pretty easy to break down that we were doing it right. Not too long ago, we can get back there pretty fast. I think that's like a hopeful thing to hear. I, I think sure. like a lot of times it feels like we're fighting battles that just will never get resolved within our lifetime, at least. Mm -hmm. So uh, it, you know, it's excellent to hear that at least one of the more pressing issues I think could be resolved if we were to take these ideas and sort of spread them uh, as quick as possible. Jumping off that though, you know, what are, you know, we've identified this problem. Uh, what are some steps that everyday people, Bitcoiners, people listening to the podcast, what can they do to sort of reclaim their food sovereignty as, as we describe? Yeah, I, I focused and this is, it's very simple for me. I grew up eating pretty good food and, you know, I've always eat crap food, just like we all do. But one thing is we get to status about food. We, be, we make it so freaking black and white. And it's not a black and white issue here, man. Each individual is going to have their own experience, their own basically place they are in, in the consumption model that we live in. You don't have to be overly crazy. You don't have to worry about diets and all kinds of things that get shoved down our throats that never work. They're on a scale of a fiat scale. Every 13 months, there's a new diet plan. Every 13 months, there's something now. And then every 13 months, people are doing it all over again. The hamster wheel of consumption is just amazing. So let's just get basic with it. You know, I start and I tell everybody, just get rid of the freaking seed oils out of your life. That's it. Try it out. And I guarantee you that one little quick little move is canola oil or whatever <laughs> seed oil that's out there. If you eliminate that and you pay attention, intentional decision, intentional decision making, saying I'm not going to consume, let's say soy oil, canola oil, or any other type of seed oil, and I'm going it, to, it'll be a gradual process. But if I'm very aware and I'm looking at these labels, I guarantee you, you're going to go down a rabbit hole and you're going to say, man, I, I need to, uh, I need to look at how I'm delivering my protein in my nutrition to my body a little bit closer. And this can be a gradual process. You don't have to worry about diets. You don't have to go out and have a major workout plan. All you have to do is be intentional about looking at a label. I don't shop at the grocery store anymore. I, maybe twice a month, I'll go to the grocery store. Everything else I'm sourcing locally. So I, you know, with the beef initiative, we're bringing people back to their local protein sources and we're creating market access to saying, I'm going to go meet this rancher and I'm going to shake his hand. I'm going to say, thank you. How can you help me? And how can I help you? And you're going to have a conversation. So cutting out seed oils and let's go find your local rancher. If you don't have a local rancher, if you're living in the middle of Boston or Manhattan, that's okay. Come to the beef initiative. Where we're going to give you a database that you're going to be able to search and you're going to be able to find a way to source your protein. And you're going to eliminate walking down those middle aisles at the supermarkets. You're not going to need seed oils anymore. And your diet is going to change naturally and holistically. You're going to create a new kind of lifestyle that you didn't realize that is as easy as it can be. Everybody says it's more expensive to buy from a rancher. It's not. I spend less money now than I ever have on groceries. I eat twice a day. I eat so much protein every day. I don't, I'm never hungry. I don't think about food in the way that I used to when I was eating this highly processed food apparatus. And it's something that, man, I just want to scream from the rooftops and it's not that hard to do. And Bitcoiners are very intentional. We're very proof of work driven. This is a small amount of proof of work that if you put into your basically consumption model, as far as the content that you're allowing into your head, as far as what is real nutrition and what we know is real nutrition, your life will change pretty fast. And there's a lot of people jumping on board and I'm, you know, within the beast initiative, come tell us how you mine your protein, <laughs> write an article, we'll publish it for you so you can share it to the other Bitcoiners. If you have a good local rancher that you're already proven, that's proof of work, come to the beef initiative, put your producer into the, there's a, there's a page in there where you can put your local rancher, 
talk about your local rancher and his protocol and how he's raising his beef. We're, we're creating a big collective conversation right now. We're crowdsourcing all the intelligence that the Bitcoiners have, and we're sourcing all the intelligence that the ranchers have, and we're bringing everybody together. And I, I can't tell you how many groups I have on Signal and Telegram that we got three or four ranchers talking to each other then they're talking to Bitcoiners at the same time. This stuff is about to take hold and they're learning about each other and they're educating each other and everybody's getting healthy as they're doing it. I mean, so to reiterate, the beef initiative is really about connecting beef producers, ranchers with beef consumers, mm -hmm. uh, eliminating the middleman and then, you know, extracting the benefits from that situation and spreading it further. And I think we're really poised to adopt and like people really have a distrust of, of things right now. I think people mm -hmm. are learning more about their food supply, more about what they're eating uh, just because people are doing more research online about things. I think this, like the beef initiative is really a way for us to regain that control over the food supply. Is that, was that fair to say? I'm, I'm thinking big here. You know, it started out like Texas Beef Initiative and it's like, no, this is bigger. This is not about borders. This is about, a, this is a global thing. And it, it is, it, it's kind of right now, it's like, I, it's not a production company, but what it is, it is creating a conversation that everybody's wanting to have. And what we're doing is we're coordinating that conversation and we're connecting some nodes. We're building some nodes out. We're building some really good, powerful, like local communities again. And the only way you build community is through your food source. I mean, that's it. If you don't have a food source in your local community, you don't have a community. And so by, by leveraging the spirit that's going on as awareness and people are awakening to, you know, this type of issue within our food supply, giving that solution of like, let's facilitate this in a way that we all know how to do it because we're going to, we're going to show some proof of work. We're going to onboard each other into a new lifestyle that a lot of people in the centralized world do not understand. And that's our power right there. And then it's going to, it is happening. I just, I, I haven't talked much about this, but I've been putting a team together for a good while now. It's been over a year and we're in the state of Texas. We have a lot of laws and a lot of things that we can leverage as far as animal protein processing. So we have a very good model for processing facilities in the state of Texas that can scale pretty large on a global level, or I'm, I'm sorry, on a national level, but also on a local level. We're going to become a processing association consulting advisory board through the beef initiative. I've built the team. I got the green light um, just last night. And so people are going to come to us in the state of Texas. They're ready. They're already lined up. There's a lot of capital out there saying we're going to change a processing industry in the state of Texas. So by saying that in the year 2022, most people in the state of Texas I'm going to encourage most of them to come to the beef initiative because we have a team of people that will be able to facilitate you getting through the regulations, getting through the inspection process, building out the facilities to the USDA. We have precedents. We have a lot of things that I don't think it's ever been put together. So I'm pretty excited about it. There's going to be some new news coming out in the next month or so, how we'll approach that, how people can approach us, how we can bet you on a financial level, on your intentions, on your local communities. <clears throat> We're going to build a plan where if we build a processing center and we help you build that processing center, we're going to propose that you get 5% of that back to your local community so they can educate people about what food is again, about the young people in that community where they don't have to go to the big cities anymore. They can stay in that local community and they can be part of the processing of the food for that local community. So there's a lot about that is about to be released as far as that information. And um, that's going to be pretty powerful. A lot of people will be able to advise other states and saying, hey, this is this, these are the, your, the rules and the laws of your state. This is what is in, is in Texas. Let's uh, let's look at that and see how we can get your local communities involved, just like we're doing in Texas. Yeah, Texas Slim, if I can jump in here real quick. It's awesome. I, I love everything that you're saying and building out a team. 
Have you guys built out a plan for, I guess, countering attacks or what attacks do you see on you guys? I mean, right now in Canada, we're seeing obviously attacks on people's money in the banking system and, and mm-hmm. Bitcoin in general. Aside from attacking the money, do you see other ways that they could attack you guys, whether it's imminent domain to try and take your land or shutting off the servers for Beef Initiative itself? Uh, I guess if you want to give any insight on that. I, you know, that's that's going to be very interesting because I've had a lot of conversations with a lot of ranchers. I've talked to ranchers where their their cattle were not seized, but their bank accounts were seized because of certain things. And you follow the money, of course, and it goes straight into cor- corruption. So they always are worried about the money getting seized. And the more they learn about Bitcoin, you know, and the faster they do, they're going to be very happy for that. As far as being attacked, it's going to be interesting because they're only, they're not going to be able, they can attack us, but I like to tell people that we're going to know the law better than the law knows itself. Now, a lot of the regulations and the laws that we follow within our food industry our government really, our local governments, our state governments, and our national governments are very detached from each other. There's a lot of indecision, but the type of intelligence that I'm bringing into that aspect of it, they can attack us, but we have USDA precedents. We have federal precedents, we have state precedents, and we have local county jurisdiction precedents. That's not something a lot of people can say. So as far as them attacking us from that perspective, it's going to happen. I'm not too worried about that. Let's look at technology. You know, we're we're going to have to build basically a platform system that is decentralized and using everything that's being innovated in the Bitcoin space. I'm looking at weekly saying, hey, what's going out there as far as innovation? I'm going to have podcasts with, with Jimmy song pretty soon. You know, I want people to start looking at, Hey, how can we help the beef initiative to say, stay decentralized where they can't censure us, that they can't take us offline, you know, that we're not part of AWS and they can shut us down because they, you know, we're, we're getting too much leverage into the food conversation because they're marketing it very heavily right now. There's documentary after documentary coming out that dairy cows are, you know, now, horrible and we torture dairy cows just the amount of deception and propaganda that's about to hit this year is going to be massive because they've spent hundreds upon hundreds of millions of dollars for this fake meat industry and these fake commodities that they're going to start pushing on everybody saying that it's saving the planet there's cracks in anything uh, we'll see how they come after us i'm going to be very public and very transparent so it's not going to be a big attack it's just going to be solution driven and if they wanted to talk about our solutions sit down at the table with us and tell us what we're doing wrong because we're going to be able to have the conversation exactly straight back at you too so here we go you know bitcoin exposes everything so i'm not too worried about that oh definitely I mean, I think we could even consider like what you were describing with the attacks on on the dairy industry and things like that as as mm-hmm. more of like a subversive type attack on on the beef initiative, even if it's indirect. But sure. you know, luckily, people hunger for this right now, just like they're hungering for Bitcoin. Uh, I think there's like this feeling within people that there's something more to the system, why they're getting sort of dragged down, and mm-hmm. uh, and I think. The, the beef initiative sort of fills that hunger in the same way that Bitcoin does just for food instead of money. I mean, we've sort of touched on so many things here that could, you know, be coming out of this. Would you just describe, you know, maybe beyond the beef initiative, what the primary change you want to see uh, come out of the adoption of Bitcoin? I want... <laughs> People are walking around in a haze right now. There's a lot of brain fog in this world. And one thing that, and this is, like I said, this is not a judgment. This is not about a diet. This is about your spirit. This is about your strength, you know, as a person, as a, as a, as a parent, as a, as a young man, a young woman in this nation, there's a solution right in front of us. And the more we look down this this rabbit hole of Bitcoin and the adoption starts coming forward, we're going to win because we're sourcing our minds with the best nutrition that is available on this planet. 
you can't argue with that. If you want to argue with that, I encourage you to please keep eating your chicken tendies in your hot pockets and just, just try to stay up with us because we're going to win because we're, our minds are powerful. Our bodies are strong. Our spirit is, you know, based and we're coming from truth. I mean, you can't argue with that. You know, I've got a couple of years on you guys. One thing you do understand, you get a little wise, you say, I'm doing it right. And I'm not going to let people get in the way of that. And that's what the beef initiative is. You know, it comes with the strength. It's the beef initiative. It's from damn Texas. You know, we're, we're going to stand toe to toe with anybody. And uh, we got some fortitude. We've got some history. We got some legacy. We got some heritage. We got some tradition. I want all the Bitcoiners to bring that type of energy into this fight and start fighting for your food and, and quit treating it as entertainment. You know, it can be entertainment, but from a pure stance. And that's, you know, that I have no doubts. That's how we win in the long run. We'll be stronger than anybody else. And once we hyper-localize our food systems, you know, I, I go down, I, I talk to my local producer every two weeks. Okay. I shake his hand. We're good friends. My freezers for my whole family are full of beef right now. I'm eating for the next two years. I have no stress that the rest of the world's talking about right now. I, I don't have to participate that. That allows my mind, my body, and my spirit to go deeper into innovation as everybody else is parroting the issues at hand right now. I'm not worried about that stuff because we're in the solution right now and we're living in the solution. And I think Bitcoiners are going to start understanding that they, they can do that on their own individual level, in their state, in their region, in their county, in their town, wherever it is where they need to start. They're going to get empowered pretty fast and we're going to work together to do that. Yeah. I am curious there on a, on a note. Mm -hmm. Do you, in the short term, do you foresee Issues in the beef supply. You talk about uh, oh, sure. you know, stockpiling. Uh, do you see, you know, see it being difficult to find producers, or are you referencing mostly like grocery stores? I'm just curious. The way I see how this playing out, and nobody knows. I mean, we all act smart, but if I had to make a prediction, I'd, I think that right now, what's going on with the food supply systems? Just look at Canada. You know how they're shutting and how things can shut down overnight. You know, Joe Rogan and Adam Curry brought up the facts. It's like Manhattan can get cleaned out in a day and a half to three days of all food. Okay, well, that's not that hard to orchestrate a short-term food supply shortage. So how are they doing it already? Well, they're inflating the price of beef and saying that there's, you know, there's not enough cows. Well, that's a lie. Well, they say it's because of COVID. Well, that was orchestrated by them. So the, for, the, the amount of a manipulation that has been going on with our food supply is big. And I think that we will see a short-term food supply. What I know that they're trying to do for a fact is turn beef into caviar. When they do that, they eliminate a lot of people being able to purchase good animal protein. Well, what are they going to supplement? Well, these new fake commodities that they're engineering into our systems. They're engineering into our mindsets right now. So, yeah, I believe that they are going to attack the beef this year. I think that, you know, it's always been attacked. And it, this is nothing new, but it's on a new scale. It, it is ramping up. I would say you don't even put yourself in that position right now. Be very intentional. Show some proof of work that you're going to be serious about how you're going to eat for the next six months and take care of it. It's not about MREs. It's not all that. Just whatever you can do as an individual, there's, there's ways to do it that all of us can use and share as a solution. And it doesn't have to all be beef either. It's animal protein. It's, you know, whatever you want, you know, lamb. I'm bringing a lot of people that, you know, sheep farmers. We're bringing in pork. We're bringing in fowl. There's just so many ways that you can source your animal protein. Let's not even pay attention to the distraction. Something's going to happen. I'm, I'm, I'm not even thinking about it anymore because I'm secure and that's what everybody else needs to be too. And once, once we're secure and, you know, the world is falling apart around us as far as food supplies, we're going to be able to innovate even faster because in times of prohibition, and this is what people really in the Bitcoin world need to understand, in times of mass prohibition creates mass innovation. That is our responsibility as Bitcoiners. This is why we're in this game right now. We don't need to keep on bringing ourselves down with all the negative news about food and all that. We need to be the change. 
and we need to be the distraction and we have the ability to do that because we're pretty based. Yes, we are pretty based. I think, uh, I mean, to, to speak to your point, admittedly, I'm not connected to the beef initiative, which I need to be now that I've learned more about it. But, sure. uh, so I purchased my beef from the grocery store and in the last year alone, the prices have so dramatically changed that my consumption has changed. I've had to choose cheaper cuts of beef often more often than I would like. I used to eat a lot of really nice fatty ribeyes and that has, you know, uh, sure. I'm doing that a lot less often now because they're 30 bucks, you know? Yeah. And uh, it, it's incredible how this, you know, something as simple as like a 15% inflation increase can change people's diets and therefore their foundation of their health. There you go. I mean, and this has been happening for 50 years in ways people don't understand. This is the most current model of making a young man as yourself eat less of what you should be eating. That makes you less powerful. You fight less. You're empowered less. There's so many things that happen across the board whenever you have had to change your consumption model. One thing that a lot of people don't look at, I like to paint the picture in the long term, the more we adopt Bitcoin as far as the store of value in the beef industry, the more basically the beef goes down in price. The more that the supermarket beef goes up, the local rancher goes down. And you're, you'll start seeing that within probably this year, next year, within the next three years, we won't have problems with the prices of beef because we'll have a store of value that's being leveraged that they didn't understand especially the last three years and how the inflated beef prices have, have started affecting us as a nation. So there's a lot of little things in there. You know, let me give you an example. I call it the modern day cattle drive and to give you some understanding about how this happens. There's a bunch of cattle down in Brazil. Okay. They, they get driven to Mexico. Mexico finishes off with a lot of different types of grains and a lot of grains that, you know, we'll just say that they're not the best of grains that cattle then goes into texas it texas processes that cattle well they get to say hey that's usda stamp that's 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 good old premium beef okay well it's not the best beef in the world but you know guess what texans have to eat that beef all the cattle that was raised in beef a million cattle a year get sold and texans never have any access to that cattle and so we're eating subpar beef as we're shipping our damn good beef across the seas. People don't know that. You're thinking you're getting local beef or you're getting something that's in the United States, not even in the United States. It goes through a lot of touch points before you even get to consume that now very expensive piece of beef. So there's so much you need to learn about sourcing your beef locally with very few touch points and you you talk about the expensive cuts we all love the sirloins there's three four five different cuts of a cow that you never have access to because it's used in different ways through the industrial food complex if you're talking to that local rancher you're saying i want all of that cow i want to leverage the oxtail i want the tongue i want the shank i want the the denver cut i want the kansas city cut i mean there's there's so many different types of uh, parts of the cow that we don't even know that we can use Let's talk about the bones, you know, you know, getting you the bones whenever you get a quarter or a half a cow. There's a lot to leverage within that where you're going to eat differently and you're going to eat even more like um, based. Basically, right now you're, you're having to compromise. Once you start sourcing from your local rancher, you're going to step up your game even more than you don't even realize at this point in time. No, oh, absolutely. I recall reading about uh, Safedine has talked about this before where mm -hmm. you can, you know, when I go to the grocery store, I pick up this little prepackaged thing in a little plastic wrap. That's just yeah. cut. And, uh, and like you said, I mean, there's so much to the cow that we're just not even seeing that does play an important role in our, in our health and nutrition that we could be consuming, but just, it's not, uh, you know, being uh, created that way. So, mm -hmm. uh, I mean, moving on here, there are so many interesting things happening in the Bitcoin space. What's something that's coming up soon or you're looking forward to uh, in particular here? Well, I've been kind of quiet as far as how, you know, how are you going to be able to use Bitcoin to purchase? Like right now, we just launched the Beef Initiative. You know, it's kind of a soft launch, but people are finding out more about it. We, we're offering beef boxes 
from K and C cattle there in Austin. And, uh, it's Cole Bolton. We're good friends now. Uh, you know, I reached out to Cole very, very early on. So we designed to say, we need to get beef to the Bitcoiners and they need to be able to purchase it with Bitcoin. Not everybody's going to separate themselves from Bitcoin. That's another, you know, conversation, but we need to bring the Bitcoin into beef discussion and beef into Bitcoin discussion. We thought this was the perfect entry point. What I like about what we've been able to do is partnership with the Yoshi app and they're about to do a major release finally. And um, they've been onboarding a lot of different merchants across the United States and especially down in Austin. And so the ease of use of transactional Bitcoin is going to be here pretty quick and you're going to be able to buy beef with Bitcoin. And so that's, that's the most exciting thing that I've really been focused on <laughs> to tell you the truth, because it's been a long journey and it's been very fast. And all of a sudden it's, it's, it's about to get pretty powerful. And what's cool about using and partnering with the OSHA app. If you, if I, uh, if, if you go out and find Casey, if you find your local rancher and you go out there and shake his hand, you go to the beef initiative, you're going to download the OSHA app. Okay. Well, if you onboard that rancher onto the OSHA app and he starts making transactions with the OSHA app, because it, basically there's a rewards program within the OSHA app. Every time he makes a sell as that rancher, or local animal producer supplier, whoever it is, and they use the OSHA app and you onboarded him, you're going to get sats back on every purchase that ever is ever made through that rancher. So you're going to have incentive models that you don't see coming. That rancher is going to get sats back. He's going to be able to offer things to his customers that he's never been able to do to. So there's a lot of new information that's about to come out with the OSHA app, how to onboard through the beef initiative with the OSHA app. And I think we're going to have a lot of uh, guys driving around the country trying to onboard ranchers here pretty fast. Heck yeah, I think so. I mean, uh, the incentives exist and, and uh, I think Bitcoiners want to buy their, you know, their beef through that. Why stuff, not? So. Well, you know, that's the thing about the, you look at the rancher, he has to pay 2.7% on his credit card transaction fees. Okay. Rancher, you don't really have to do a lot with Bitcoin, but just, keep that 2.7 transaction fee in, in Bitcoin and come back in six months and see what that has done for you and start leveraging that, get your mindset into that. And once they start understanding that and they have the ease of use of transactional with the OSHA app and the, the, the software that we're, you know, providing to them, man, this is a, this is a snowball effect that's about to start happening. And once, coffee shops, all the restaurants across, you know, Austin. And when they're all using the OSHA app, you go to a restaurant and you say, Hey, where do you get your beef? Well, our rancher is on the OSHA app or that restaurant on the OSHA app. You get to onboard every touch point of your food anymore. People need to look at it like that. How many places is my food coming from? Well, it's coming from my local rancher down to this steakhouse in me and all three of us are partners now because we downloaded the OSHA app and we're all getting sats back. That's never been done before. I, I love that you said like, we're all three partners now. Like that's how the food chain should exist. The, the rancher benefits from the steakhouse that's buying his beef. And then the customer can go in and be satisfied knowing that that chain isn't disturbed at any point. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's excellent. Real quick here. I got to sure. tell everyone, if you're not going to Miami, April 6th or the 9th, what are you even doing? Like, uh, you're going to want to be there. Make sure to, uh, use the code YTMAG to, to get a nice percentage off your, uh, ticket purchase, but ticket prices go up, I think in two days. So you best be getting those tickets, man. I mean, I want to see y'all there, but, uh, Texas slim, if people want to get involved in the initiative, they want to, you know, work with you, uh, help mm -hmm. you, how, what, you know, how can they connect to you and how can they get involved? The best way right now, we on Twitter, we have at Beef Initiative is our handle. And then, of course, mine is at Modern T Man. I've been really open about if you want to schedule a meeting with me just to discuss, there's a, a calendar that you can sign up. I, I want to talk to everybody. I want to hear everybody come in. And we're trying to accommodate all of the input that's coming in. Uh, I want everybody to go to the Beef Initiative. Go to Mine Your Protein section. Tell us about how you mine your protein. 
write it and then we'll approve it and we'll post it and all everybody in the Bitcoin space can read about it and we can have feedback. We can start that conversation. If you know your local producer, if you know a producer across the United States that you use, put them, go to the producer section of the beef initiative, put your producer in there and help them out. Let them get some exposure. And once we start that, you know, we create a new algorithm around, you know, the conversation that we're going to be having this year. One thing that I want everybody to know, we're having four conferences this year across the United States, and they're going to be the Beef Initiative conferences. And we're starting off in Kerrville, April uh, 23rd, 24th, and 25th. We're going to have speakers there. Uh, Marty Bent's going to be speaking. Adam Curry's going to be speaking. Cole with KNC Cattle's going to be speaking. And we're going to have two or three more speakers. And it's all going to be combining basically everything that we just discussed this last hour. And we're going to do that across the United States now. And a lot of people are going to start paying attention, come to them, you know, and start meeting people in the food industry in ways that that hasn't been done yet. You know, and this is how we decentralize that conversation. Yeah. Distributed, distributed beef initiative, folks. There you go. There you go. <laughs> but it's at, at beef initiative on Twitter at modern team man for Texas himself. And uh, I mean, is there any questions that I didn't get to ask you that you want to talk about, uh, Texas? No, I mean, I think it, it's a broad discussion. And, you know, I really do appreciate just kind of kicking it off. It's a good general based knowledge of understanding, hey, this is where we start. Let's work together. Let's not be a bunch of, you know, there's a lot of people in the space that want to point. Like I said, this is not black and white here. We're going to start the conversation. We're all going in a good direction here. And it's about decentralizing our food system. And it's not about being a carnivore or a vegan either. This is about pure produce, pure animal protein, pure nutrition. This is what we need to be talking about. We don't need to be pointing fingers at each other and having all these fights. That's the distraction. We don't want to parrot the distraction. We want to become the solution and the and we we are the distraction now. And you know, if we if we have that mindset, you know, the truth, you know, the truth will come out and everybody will be a lot better off for it, especially in the Bitcoin space. Yep. The, uh, the foundations of food, we're going to, we're going to fix them folks. There we're going to get go. back to where we were. Um, but thank you so much for joining me, Texas. It's really been an excellent conversation and I, I hope, you know, people reach out to you. Man, I appreciate the exposure. You know, everybody come along for the ride. This is a 10 year plan, you know, just like what they're trying to do to us right now across the globe with the, you know, with the COVID everything, this is a 10 year food plan and, um, we're going to do it one step at a time. So, let's do it together. Let's, uh, let's, let's be based. Let's show some proof of work. Heck yeah. And we all get to have some really good steak while we're at it. <laughs> Damn right. <laughs> let's get started. Heck yeah. Well, uh, thanks again, Texas, everyone. Thank you for joining me for this, uh, excellent episode of meet the plebs again. I better see you in Miami in April. I mean, I just, I gotta, gotta shake your hands guys. So get your tickets, white T mag. And, uh, thanks again, Texas. See y'all later. Appreciate you guys. Take care of us.